Welcome to Staking Mondays. My name is Marian. I'm the head of strategy of Staking Rewards, and today it is my pleasure to interview Anoush and Subash from Luganodes. Luganodes is one of the fastest growing staking providers with over 360 million worth of staked assets and is based in Lugano, Switzerland. Luganodes is also the lead sponsor for our upcoming staking summit in Lisbon on the 8th of November this year to shape where staking goes next. Anoush and Subash founded the company in July 2022 with a goal to build the leading institutional-grade blockchain infrastructure provider to proof-of-stake networks. Anoush is the CEO and has previously worked as digital specialist at McKinsey Bangalore. He's also a software engineer focused on DevOps and cloud engineering. Subash is the CTO and has experience in several dev positions, among others at Abseco. He's also the founder of the Open Web Foundation. Welcome to the show, Anoush and Subash. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. Let's Thank jump you. right in. When did you first uh, come across crypto? And which token was the first one that you staked? Interesting. So uh, I can go first and uh, share uh, a quick interesting story. So I came across crypto in early 2017. And um, I used to uh, give my friend some uh, cash to basically buy me some crypto because he was holding an uh, exchange account and uh, he used to buy on behalf of me. And the first uh, token that I bought was uh, Ethereum. And then obviously um, in 2020, I believe um, late 2020, I, I came across staking, uh, which was really exciting for me. And uh, I staked some Matic tokens. Yeah. So um, I think I was in school or um, my first year, freshman year at college. I'm not sure, but um, I came across Bitcoin and um, I mean, I couldn't get any, but so I tried mining them and uh, I did get some, um, but I have no idea after that. I mean, I, I think this is typically what happened to most people uh, who got to know about Bitcoin. Then, you know, you mine some and then you forget about it. So yeah, that, that happened. Uh, then the first token I think I bought was US um, because there was a lot of hype at that time. And um, eventually I, um, I would say the first token I staked would be Cosmos because I was deeply uh, interested in how the ecosystem worked and I actually you know, bought to try it out and try things. So yeah, that was me. And then you founded Luganodes uh, mid this year. Uh, what drove you to that decision? Could could you maybe walk us through uh, how you got to that point? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we saw was almost um, 93 billion USD worth of uh, crypto was getting staked, and the proof of uh, stake market cap was around you know 150 billion dollars. And uh, apart from that, there was also a lot of institutions uh, who were getting very, very serious about uh, crypto staking. Uh, institutions such as Signum Bank, Seba Bank, uh, Revolut, um, the largest asset uh, manager from the US, which is BlackRock, has been showing like tremendous uh, interest in this space. And uh, they are getting more and more involved uh, in the digital asset, right? 
so that's when i thought of tag teaming with subhash uh, who is also my batchmate and a very close friend and um, who has like deep expertise in blockchain infrastructure and not just uh, blockchain infrastructure but he's a person who is uh, inspired me a lot uh, when it comes to decentralization of the world and uh, that's when we thought of uh, you know helping institutions basically uh, take away all their operational and technical challenges when it comes to uh, maintaining and managing these uh, uh, validator nodes in a very safe efficient and secure manner and that's how uh, you know we both came together to uh, build this amazing organization loganodes and uh, you mentioned uh, institutional demand that also supported your decision to to take that step what were your touching points to them before i mean uh, were you in direct conversation with them uh, or how how did it, this go for you absolutely so uh, uh, during my um, tenure in the previous organization i used to read a lot of reports uh, which were internally published and uh, that gave me some insights and then obviously talking to some of the industry leaders in the space helped us also uh, make that jump got it and then interestingly you chose lugano as a location for your business um how did that come about so uh, in in your previous discussion we mentioned uh, the lugano plan b participation uh, what is it can you tell us more about the program yeah sure definitely so uh, we chose lugano for uh, primarily three very very um, solid reasons so number one is uh, switzerland being a jurisdiction uh, which has a lot of stability and secondly um, you know there was a lot of institutional support from the city itself and thirdly um, the innovative culture of uh, of this city uh, lugano so just to give you some more uh, inputs right so essentially the city itself has its own blockchain uh, called the 3a chain then um, it also has a stable coin which has a cashback mechanism implemented and the token is called L lvga and um, recently almost more than 300 merchants accept crypto payments in the city um, and i'm sure that uh, you know most of the uh, crypto folks uh, or the leaders would have seen the pr around the mcdonalds where you can go into this mcdonalds in lugano and uh, pay using you know crypto which is so beautiful uh, to see so that's to give you a little about uh, the city itself and you know um, about the culture um moving to the program right so lugano plan b program basically is an initiative driven by the city of lugano and tether so the city itself again has a 100 million francs uh, worth of fund uh, which is allocated for startups uh, the mayor of the city is very supportive about blockchain as you could you know easily witness from the examples that i gave and um, it also has a summer school program dedicated for blockchains which is attended by uh, students from all over the globe and uh, with the thought process of you know uh, teaching and educating people um, more about decentralization and blockchain technology in general and the city also plans to build a blockchain hub uh, for creating a vibrant web3 ecosystem where um, it is inviting a lot of uh, emerging um, engineers and thought leaders to this amazing city which aspires to be the crypto capital of the world and uh, lugano's 
is the uh, very first startup uh, part of this blockchain hub. Um, so yeah, that's that's why uh, we chose Lugano, and that's the association with Lugano Plan B. So it's like an incubator program, this Lugano Plan B. Yes, indeed. Okay, got it. Um, and then, are you also personally located in Lugano right now, or is it possible for you to run your business and operations from around the world? Uh, around the world, essentially. So we pivot between uh, Lugano and India. Got it. Recently, you secured your position as the top 13 super representative in the Tron ecosystem. Congrats to this, by the way. How did you manage to get over 360 million in assets under management? Let's call it assets under management, uh, assets under staking for Polygon and Tron in only four months. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And we have been hearing this uh, from a lot of different people as well. So um, essentially, we were able to win uh, institutional support uh, due to our backgrounds. So my background as an engineer, as well as uh, Subhash's background as a deep uh, infrastructure expert, um, uh, essentially. And apart from that, definitely the technical competence and ex uh, excellence of the team, uh, which helped us. Uh, we do have uh, unique offerings and strategies which we put together to uh, custom tailor solutions for institutions and help them uh, manage their staking portfolio very, very, uh, you know, efficiently and properly, uh, which got them really excited. And one key principle that we are very proud of, um, especially given the time, is uh, the speed of execution and the ability to scale this organization in such a short span. Um, uh, those were like, you know, few key pillars which helped us uh, gain the trust of both of these ecosystems, um, Tron and Polygon. And apart from that, uh, we do um, we did showcase um, our product roadmaps as well um, uh, with these different institutions who really believed in what we uh, can potentially achieve um, with Loga nodes. And that's how you know uh, we were able to get to such delegation numbers. And this will keep growing as as uh, as the day goes by. And this is just the starting. Um, and with more and more products uh, being rolled out from our side, you will be able to see that, you know, uh, more and more institutions will be coming in and working with us. Can you talk a little bit more about your infrastructure setup? You also, you already mentioned that this was one of the dif differentiators for you to attract the assets under management. So what's what you can share, of course, what is special about your setup? And uh, how do you plan to expand? Um, sure, I can take this. So um, we uh, are very efficient with our operations. And uh, we run entirely on bimetal nodes, um, essentially no cloud. Um, we are fully capable of running uh, servers um, you know, physically completely on our own as well. And um, so essentially, it's bare metal operations, or even if we use virtualization somewhere, it would be dedicated, uh, you know, resources. So the performance of that we are able to achieve uh, is something that is really great. In fact, in Tron, uh, we are right now the only um, provider with 100% uptime. Um, we've taken meticulous care here towards, you know, redundancies in terms of, uh, you know, our nodes positioning, automated migrations, 24-7 uh, alerting and, uh, you know, uh, responses. 
and um, even in terms of security we've uh, gone to certain extreme ends to ensure that we have the confidence to um, say that we are operating in the most compliant way this could include um, you know using actual uh, air gapped machines or you know um, isolated you know machines physically or you know hardware wallets uh, whatever it may be for cold cold storage of keys um for signing keys etc we you know um, typically use encrypted storage on the servers that we do or even ram basically so you know if something were to happen the keys are never accessible etc and we've actually developed our own um internal networking uh, framework which um, you know piggybacks on top of nebula from which slack uses to manage its own entire communications between its infrastructure which basically means all our systems are able to uh, securely talk to each other and we are able to define the firewall rules very uh, you know easily uh, uh, and still you know not expose anything that is not needed to be exposed outside um, these are you know some technical things that we do um to you know ensure that um, our uptimes our security guarantees that we are able to provide and our you know cost and uh, we are actually also um, ensure that if we are you know purchasing our in- inventory it is aptly sized for our requirements we don't just over provision them and spend a lot of money on that but we get them get enough of them so that we have redundancies so th- these were some things that uh, you know our uh, partners really really liked and um, yeah mm-hmm. and um, more looking towards the future and more looking on the ecosystem because uh, what we have seen from our conversations leading up to the staking summit is um the the industry is maturing players are coming together and it's it's not really a purely competition game that we're playing we're all in a way also uh, cooperating and cooperation uh in the ecosystem is important to drive the the whole ecosystem forward and the whole proof of stake narrative which is basically what we are going to do on the staking summit um to that note what will luga nodes contribute to this ecosystem in terms of of uh tech and the whole business landscape absolutely so um in terms of uh whatever work we do we try to open source as much as possible uh in fact um earlier when i spoke about uh, our private networking and uh, how we securely manage it we, i said we use nebula but you know the, the, we found that um using nebula for all the different instances the amount of uh, configuration and uh, manual work was a bit too much so we wrote our own um, you know like control framework for nebula which uh, is open source now we are just uh, you know tweaking it a bit more before we go i mean it's on our github repo at this moment public but uh, we'll be uh, doing more announcements around it once you know we uh, we are testing it with you know privately with a few people once it is tuned out we would release this uh, for the world and this is i think uh, going to be very critical uh, for you know the proof of stake ecosystem and generally for the tech community as well um, in improving their security while still uh, you know having that ease to do it 
so that their developers can still uh, do things well. So that would be something in a general tech scenario. Um, I mean, we would uh, we are also planning to release uh, more tools around virtualization and networking um, automations, uh, uh, to name a few. Um, to specifically address about the proof of stake ecosystem, um, we have a, a you know unique. Um, model which we are building to develop and manage these nodes, wherein um, it is like a GUI-based or a web UI-based approach wherein you are able to click deploy and operate a validator node um, fully by yourself uh, with just a few commands and you are able to get it up, monitor it, do some changes on it, perform regular maintenance operations, etc. So these are things that are under development and we'll be releasing this so that uh, more and more players can come into the space without the friction. And we'll be maintaining this because what we release is, you know, we believe we will 100% use it and maintain it. And that's what we want for everyone as well. So that is something that will come out of us uh, sometime soon once, you know, it's a bit more polished. And uh, we have our in-house uh, custom monitoring solution as well that we are developing. So that is something we will be uh, releasing too. And uh, generally, right, with proof of stake or any blockchain network, it um, is it's it, there is no uh, you know centralized place where you're supposed to get everything, or it's not meant to be that way. So for services like snapshots for blockchain data or uh, RPC endpoints to connect to, to publish your transactions, etc. All of these also we will be releasing. Um, I mean, we have a lot more planned, but, um, you know, we really uh, believe in the open source philosophy of, uh, you know, working together to make this big uh, shift happen. Uh, maybe for the uh, those listeners not so deep in the tech, uh, what is Nebula? Very, very sure. shortest shortest amount of or shortest explanation you could get? Yeah, so Nebula is a mesh VPN uh, framework. So essentially, um, if you look at um, centralized VPNs, there is like all the traffic flows through one uh, single server and there is a lot of, um, I mean, there is a single point of failure. But with, uh, you know, WireGuard, um, you are able to have all your uh, endpoints talk to each other directly. So Nebula is something that um, I would say is uh, going even further and adding more features to this mesh VPN technology, wherein all your um, servers, your management people, your uh, nodes can talk to each other without a single point of failure. And this was developed by Slack um, and Slack uses this on all of their uh, nodes. Um, in production, but you know it was a bit difficult for us to use. So that's where we built NebCTL, uh, which is on our GitHub right now. Which you know you can use to get uh, this very amazing uh, fault-tolerant VPN technology, um, like essentially with few commands. So that's what uh, we've done. Thank you. Um, and on that note, uh, I want to give a shout out to our listeners to. Post your questions in the comments section uh, in YouTube. We will pick them up and then uh, also ask them uh, to our guests. And we've already collected two questions. Um, Anush already wrote that they are great questions. So keep the questions coming. We will uh, address those in the later stage of the episode.
Um, to the next question. One of the hottest topics in the staking industry right now is liquid staking. What is your opinion on this? Are your validators already used by liquid staking providers? Um, I can make this one. So basically, um, you know, just to look at some, you know, interesting uh, facts, especially about liquid staking, right? So uh, we are seeing a lot of institutional interest. Definitely, you know, some of the big names of the industry, uh, especially the staking providers are getting into this and building. So some of them are Anchor, there is uh, P-Stake, there is, um, you know, uh, Liquid Collective, which is also being built. So, and recently we also saw uh, BlackRock partner with uh, Coinbase and uh, Coinbase basically, you know, launching their liquid staking product uh, with CBF. And, uh, you know, definitely this space looks very, very lucrative and interesting, but um, we are still exploring at this point and um, we are still uh, evaluating and uh, seeing how this is going to play out. Uh, definitely after you know, the SDK ETH situation that happened with uh, Lido Finance, it is, uh, uh, it would be uh, important for us to, you know, gauge this even further. Uh, we do understand that, you know, uh, institutions care a lot about liquidity when it comes to Ethereum, because currently Ethereum doesn't have any liquidity option. So uh, these liquid staking protocols have been very helpful and key in uh, making sure that these, um, you know, um, especially Ethereum staking becomes much easier uh, as an experience for these institutions to protect their clients' wealth and capital. So, um, but definitely this is something that should be, you know, uh, capped in my opinion. And uh, we shall definitely see as to how this might uh, play out. And currently, to answer the last part of the question that you asked, whether we are, uh, you know, a liquid staking provider or not, uh, so currently we haven't partnered with any of the other uh, uh, liquid staking providers at, at the moment and still we are like evaluating and exploring whether to do that or not. Got it. Um, I will already pick some of the community questions uh, right now. Uh, first one is, do you have a provider who impresses you a lot and serves as a role model for you? Um, I think... Um, one name that comes to my mind as of now is uh, definitely Everstake. Um, and given their situation with uh, Ukraine and still they holding up so well and um, hustling every day towards making sure that they are providing the best of infrastructure to their almost, I don't know, maybe 600,000 plus customers. That's very inspiring to see as a provider. And uh, Sergey, uh, the founder, is really... Uh, inspirational role model um, in this space and has been looked up uh, upon by the staking leaders as well and um, you know uh, I would pick him yep and uh, ever stake as the provider got it Subhash do, do you have another role yeah. model for you or would you just second this uh, I would definitely second this for the reasons you know Anuj greatly mentioned um, but uh, I mean, to answer it maybe from a more of a technical uh, inspiration point of view, I would say uh, Polkachu is a you know, great validator operator in my opinion. I've seen, um, I mean, mainly based on how much open source contribution they've done and how transparent they are with uh, the way you know, they operate. 
So that is something I uh, really found interesting. Cool. Uh, we've got a question from a blockchain engineer. Uh, he's or she is curious what tools you internally use for monitoring your infrastructure. And uh, thanks. She, she, he or she says great talk, by the way. So thanks for that. Uh, sure, I can take that. Uh, so basically, we have uh, two levels of uh, monitoring. So the uh, the primary um, our primary monitoring system essentially uses Prometheus, Grafana, and the associated stack to get live metrics from um, all our nodes, the physical hardware. Um, you know, if everything is fine, the SSD is fine, the network performance is fine, all of that, and um, we have you know, various thresholds based on which uh, alerts are um, sent to different people who can act and uh, do something on them. So that would be uh, Prometheus, Grafana. And uh, on the secondary monitoring, uh, so we, um, while we have this, you know, setup, which is has been reliably working, uh, we also run an independent secondary monitoring setup. So this could include tools like uh, tender duty, Uh, Solana Watchtower or even our custom uh, tools that query our nodes, external block, uh, block explorer APIs or, you know, explorers to monitor our validator performance um, from multiple sources. Essentially, it's uh, redundancy at every level in case uh, we have a complete failure on our primary monitoring all of it, we would still get alerts uh, because the secondary monitoring is running completely independently in a different place, whatnot. So, I mean, yeah, so those are some tools, but mostly what I've seen work very well for us is custom monitoring scripts that we write uh, for particular metrics um, that alert us in advance. So the reason we were able to maintain um, such good uptimes is because um, Before even uh, something goes astray with any of the you know hardware or the nodes, uh, we get an alert. I mean, uh, many of the times we get alerts at midnights, and then we um, uh, we still have people you know logging in and checking them. So I think that's what would uh, really sets a great provider apart: your custom monitoring. So yes, there are no tools for that. Uh, it's just Python, Node.js, etc., and you building that system out which we will open source to the best of our abilities because we want everyone to have um, that expertise. Ashley is asking, um, or she wrote, I plan to launch my DeFi startup soon. How can I apply for Lugano Plan B program? Yeah, I think I can take that. So uh, the short answer to that is uh, we are writing a blog Uh, and it will be very, very soon out. And Ashley, I would request you to uh, definitely read that and uh, do hit us up on Twitter uh, because uh, we do have our DMs open as well and we'll be happy to uh, share the process there. But um, to make it more transparent, um, uh, essentially the program application will be open for the public as well very, very soon. And uh, they can head over to the Uh, website plan b.lugano.ch and they would be able to apply from there online as well and your twitter handles are um luganodes um twitter handle is essentially operated by us so yeah no i mean also your uh, your personal, personal one yeah so um mine is anuj shankar 95 
minus uh, at the rate ping sns p i n g s n s perfect what is luganode's long term vision what are your next steps and milestones sure um anuj i'll take this yes sure go sure so um the long term vision is definitely uh, to be the number one staking provider um both in the enterprise segment as well as um, retail customers and uh, i mean this is our primary long term vision but uh, but more deeply uh, we are you know we really want to ent- explore into other avenues of web3 and facilitate decentralization in even more areas so um, i mean th- there is a lot that we have in plan which uh, at this point um, i can't be sharing but then you will um, expect huge announcements in the coming year yeah all right very interesting um, anush you can maybe talk about milestones and other things yeah sure definitely why not so uh, we also um, intend to launch our staking platform by the next quarter and um, we also plan to go live on around 15 to 20 blockchains by the end of the year we are already underway uh, iso 27001 security compliance so that we can uh, be easily onboarded by uh, multiple institutions all across the globe and they are uh, able we are able to you know even more um, gain their trust and support uh, by showcasing such compliance uh, measures taken on our infrastructure and one thing that we uh, you know truly believe is um, about sustainability right so as subhash also mentioned that we take uh, careful measures in right sizing our infrastructure so keeping that in mind we also thought of becoming uh, carbon neutral by the end of the year by partnering with some of these different uh, organizations such as climate trade etc uh, so that we are completely uh, carbon neutral as an organization so those are some uh, milestones that we are looking forward to and uh, planning to hit them right at the mark very inspiring and also inspiring on that note uh, a comment from the comment section is uh, it's so inspiring to see and listen to your journey so far interested in knowing what's the biggest hurdle you faced while setting up validators and maybe that ties a little bit into uh, a question what advice or learnings you would share with others that aspire to run validators and enter the space sure um, i can take that actually so um, i would say the biggest hurdle for us was um, or i mean the biggest challenge is um, knowing that your infra is going to be always up no matter what um if it if you know like you've set it up it's running fine and you you're going to sleep and you want to know it's going to run when you're asleep right and if something is going wrong um you should be knowing about it so uh, yeah so always the when we set up new nodes most of our time would be spent on uh, the monitoring and alerting and uh, actually uh, what to do when an alert comes preparing for scenarios so we have checklists uh, right okay if you see this sort of an alert or this sort of a failure 
you run it step by step and you know like you have to migrate a node from here to there no one should even know that you face this error your users should not know all this in the background this is happening in the background so prepare, preparing for um any sort of uh, failure or you know any sort of uh, performance issues that you might come across and having a clear uh, action plan and checklist to act upon to remediate that issue without um anyone noticing right um i mean the biggest thing um uh, i mean biggest uh, you know like uh, uh, thing is no one notices you when you're doing things right but everyone will notice you when something goes wrong so no making sure that no one knows uh, no one knows as in no one is even aware of um, any issues because it was never there because as soon as it were was about to come you fixed it so that i think is the most uh, and assuring that is the most uh, difficult hurdle we are facing and uh, have faced too Anuj, in your introduction, you shared with us that Subash um, introduced you a little bit into the ethos of decentralization. What is Web3 for you and where do you think it is headed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a beautiful question. So for me, um, definitely it's about giving the power back to the user and uh, building products which can uh, live the true values and uh, true values and live the principles of privacy so that's what you know web3 essentially means for me but i think uh, subhash can put it forward even more beautifully uh, as to you know what web3 means for him and you can hear it from the uh, person's uh, person himself wow thank you thank you much so i think uh, web3 for me is like um, like an evolution into a more decentralized open and um, privacy preserving internet and infrastructure that we have around us i mean right now if you say web3 it's a, the understanding or the perspective is a bit skewed uh, skewed towards financial systems and tokens etc but i mean it's shifting now and it's good like uh, personally you know i run uh, a google phone um, i use linux on my laptops i run my own um, uh, home cloud where all of my data is residing i have private networking between uh, all of these services etc and even at luga nodes we use uh, a matrix uh, for our internal uh, communications and we run uh, you know open source peer to peer based uh, on decentralized or distributed system wherever possible so i mean web3 um, i mean this is what true web3 is to me obviously not negating uh, what we've so far achieved with web3 but i feel this is where we should focus even more to um, it's a, it's more a way of life and the objective is for this sort of life uh, is to go mainstream for everyone and then um to go even a, um one layer below is why in general you would say decentralized systems are better than centralized systems so first thing would be control right um so 
in a decentralized system, everyone has an opportunity to um, voice and shift systems and the current status quo. Uh, but with a centralized system, um, you know, it becomes very, very difficult depending on how strong the centralization is. So, um, I mean, that is like, so any, if, if something is going wrong, right, in the world, if you want to um, voice your opinion, make a change, it is much harder in a, in a centralized system because uh, depending on how, who is, is uh, that is heading these centralized systems, you may be shut down, you may be, you know, things may happen to you, but um and we've seen these things happen a lot around us too you know when people like aaron schwartz and snowden um the way and even julian assange were treated and it deeply hurts me to see these things happen to such people um so yeah i mean uh, so power <laughs> is uh, definitely something that um, is one thing uh, but more so i would say innovation right also like uh, in a decentralized system uh, for example if you look at matrix there are um, five to six clients anyone can develop a matrix client and have it customized for their needs and organization's needs or what not and all of these are interoperable and all of these are built on top of each other because all of these are open source and so on so you know, like such innovation is only possible in, a, you know, decentralized environment where everything is in the open. And um, so that is another reason I would say that uh, decentralization has to go more mainstream. And um, yeah, I mean, there is so much more. Uh, <laughs> but yes, these two would be like one of the main reasons, I would say. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, so many things come with centralization, right? Uh, yeah. it, will it will naturally attract the most ill-intent people to to occupy yeah. the central node of a network because then they they occupy the whole system. Whereas in a decentralized system, you need to um, overtake many nodes at the same time. Then you have the whole thing of rent seeking, of course. Centralized with centralized systems, uh, there can there can be people uh, or entities that are just taking out the rent of the centralization rent, so to say. Um, yeah, a lot of things to add to that, but I fully subscribe to this. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> how do you see the future of proof of stake? What are your views and which of the developments do you find most exciting? Yeah, I think uh, I can take this one, Subhash. So um, essentially, the future of proof of stake uh, looks very, very promising and exciting to me uh, and to Luganolds. And especially with Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake uh, speaks leaps and bounds and creates a very solid case uh, for proof of stake in general. Uh, as we could see that, you know, the energy consumption um, straight away went down 99%, which is just phenomenal. And uh, Ethereum is the home for all the uh, various, uh, you know, uh, different decentralized applications and is also the second largest cryptocurrency, right, uh, by market cap. So definitely that that's building a solid case. And we are also seeing uh, institutions moving towards staking. And that is evident with almost $100 billion staked, um, you know, $93 billion uh, staked 
uh, essentially. And where we see this going um, is, and what we are, you know, essentially bullish about is also the concept of app chains, which was initially introduced by uh, Cosmos, but now is being introduced by various different um, L1 and L2 providers, such as Polygon, Avalanche, um, Binance, uh, smart, like Binance Smart Chain, and the likes of others, right? So, which typically tailor to uh, various use cases, such as, you know, gaming or uh, creating an dedicated uh, application-specific blockchain for an enterprise where, you know, we are seeing scalability more while also using the same security features of the underneath blockchain, right? So uh, that's something that we are definitely uh, pretty bullish about. And we are also doubling down on such opportunities where we get to be part of different uh, app chain ecosystems and provide our solid uh, node infrastructure uh, to these chains and help those upcoming uh, founders with you know, our capabilities of running um, fantastic blockchain infrastructure. And obviously, with more and more decentralization coming into the picture, we, know, we all know about the blockchain trilemma. So uh, there is definitely two key principles, right? So one is the scalability aspect and the security aspect is something that is a must. Uh, and we are definitely seeing rapid innovation in this space happening in order to achieve both of these principles. And uh, we are very, very looking forward to a great uh, future of you know, proof of stake. James is asking what tokens he can stake with you and is there a minimum amount or a locking period? Uh, I can take this one quickly. Um, so currently, James, you can stake uh, Polygon, Tron, Kusama, Polkadot, uh, Cosmos uh, with us. And uh, the minimum amount would typically vary uh, as per the blockchain. And also the locking period would vary uh, for each of these blockchains. So to answer that part would be a bit tricky because uh, each chain has its own lock-in and uh, minimum amount staked uh, uh, parameters in place to uh, to answer that. And James, for that, go on to stakingrewards.com uh, and search for Luga Nodes and you will find a detailed profile of uh, Luga Nodes as a validator and there you find all the assets and then mm -hmm. from there you can also check out the assets and, and see get all of these specifications you will uh, see the payouts and the fees the validators charge and yeah basically check out stakingwards.com jamie is asking are you sometimes scared of your own fast growth as a staking provider short answer is nope no, we are <laughs> uh, we want to grow more and uh, probably uh, want to grow 10 times more uh, uh, essentially from here and uh, be the number one staking provider in the world. Perfect. What's the best way to follow you to uh, Luga Notes and yeah, in general, what you're working on? So um, definitely, I would say, uh, you know, you can follow our Twitter handle, uh, which is Luga Notes. And there you can definitely find a lot of amazing updates uh, on what we are working on and definitely learn more about staking. We do 
post a lot of uh, value added content and do some uh, overviews of different chains and uh, publish detailed reports as well and if you do like our content then definitely hit the like button and retweet <laughs> <laughs> exactly also for this episode um to everyone watching please hit the like button and uh, subscribe to the staking rewards channel if you haven't done already also go to stakingrewards.com/summit check out our staking summit this year in lisbon it will be still nice weather there long weekend get your tickets uh this is the first time that the whole staking ecosystem is coming together you will be able to to meet anuj and subash there uh, Lug luganotes is uh, sponsoring the event as the lead sponsor and uh yeah it's it's going to be a super great event uh check it out it is we will discuss where staking goes next and you can also check out our previous episodes here on youtube uh, of staking mondays they are also available on spotify and uh let us know in the comment sections who else you would like to see on the next staking mondays episodes and for anush subash and the audience i'm marian as always happy staking thanks thank, thank you, you so much everyone